Hello, ears and the people they're attached to, and Hello. welcome to Theatre of the World uh, with Man Bites God. I'm James. I'm Mark. And I'm Chris. And this episode is called Adventure. 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 It's, um, it's adventurous. It's an adventurous show that will seek over the next four or five days to delve into the <laughs> adventurous <laughs> spirit of adventure. To really get to the crux of the whole, ad- you can't spell adventure without venture. Yeah, right. Mm. This is or, a, saying or vent. It's going to be a journey. Yes, it will be, Christopher. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's already an adventure in English. All right, let's start. Let's the way do we it the way start we always do it. With the right. only segment worth a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's a stretch. Ooh, Fact bombs. Pressure. Fact, fact bombs, fact bombs. Mark's got a fact bombs. Or Adventure edition. Than one. Adventure is an exciting or unusual experience. It may also be a bold and usually risky undertaking with an uncertain outcome, <laughs> like this podcast. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, I stole your thunder. Pressure. In 1990. <laughs> <laughs> Special comments. <laughs> <laughs> I like that we get this segment out of the way early. <laughs> Editorialized, as always. <sighs> the bleachers. In 1993, an American company called Space Marketing Inc. proposed to launch a one-kilometer square illuminated billboard into a low orbit which would appear the same size and brightness as the moon. Their inability to attract adequate funding made this a failed adventure. Oh, it did too. Fact it forms. was a failed adventure. <laughs> oh, that's um, that's a long journey. It's a fascinating idea, though. It was a fascinating idea. That would be an adventure. It would have been an adventure. Getting that screen up. There. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, apparently it costs quite a lot of money to get a thing that's one kilometre square probably not, into space. Probably not as expensive anymore. Probably not as expensive now. Because you could get some really bright LEDs. And hmm. I don't know how they were illuminating it. It was mylar it was going to be made out of. Ah. Oh, weird. Mm. Sorry, I'll switch it off. What we're talking about? <laughs> Chris, what do you think about when you think of adventure? What pops into that terrifying mind of yours? <laughs> adventure. Well, uh, you know, I think a journey. Uh, I think explorers. I think uh, this is not this is not group therapy. I think of uh, I think of adventure playgrounds uh, <laughs> oh, because adventure playgrounds are. Kind of the complete opposite of what their name is. Often, they're the least adventurous places. But, but they're to playgrounds. Go. And I, I mean, every time I've been to one, it's been not that adventurous. <laughs> and the police have asked them to leave. <laughs> That's an adventure. Arrest is an adventure. Yeah. You, the thirty-something man with the child. Please <laughs> stop. Uh, why do you ask me? Do do I have? Is there a, a correct answer? No, oh, but the show good. about paranoia is next week. <laughs> I just there's three people in the room. One of us just spoke, so yeah. I turned to the other one who hadn't spoken, and I said, "And what do you think of that?" Yeah, and I, I got lo- as always the ramblings <laughs> of a pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> a I, uh, 
yeah, yeah. I love I love adventures. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, that's what I I do. Everybody loves adventures, don't they? <laughs> I mean, most most people have a an affinity to an adventure. <laughs> <laughs> what? Why are you still talking? <laughs> just uh, just you know, answering the question. You know, out of, the, <laughs> out of the three of us, yes. Chris is really the only one who could go solo. Because <laughs> this, like, imagine a whole podcast of that. That would yeah. be, whereas I, I, I would struggle. No, no, I would struggle too. But Chris can just open up his mind. <laughs> Adventure in my mind. He's <laughs> doing it again. <laughs> When I think of adventure, I think of noir. Like I love noir. Film noir. noir. Yep. Book noir. Yep. Play noir. Yep. Noir. Noir. <laughs> That's what I say. So pirate noir. Pirate episode. Noir. noir. Lions. Noir. Noir. Do you know um, uh, lions, lions don't like noir? Uh, do you know what uh, lions' uh, favourite kinds of movies are? Mm. Horror movies. It's <laughs> <laughs> a kid's joke, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> So this uh, this uh, uh, this is James's list of things. James's list of things. James's list of things. James's list of things. List. Now I can't remember the thing. I, it's it's because you weren't singing it like Werner Herzog. Uh, yes. This list is called Ten Characters in Search of a Noir. Yep. Um, if you're writing any kind of play or film or book. I got I got character names for you. These are just characters. You hear their names. They're original characters, and you go, "I want to know the story behind that character." Yeah. That character's led an adventurous life. Yeah. I want to hear more about him. Here's the first name. <laughs> uh oh. Uh oh. Handy LeJob. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we're at Handy LeJob. Uh, he sounds dangerous and mischievous. Ooh. Spats Moskowitz. <laughs> These are great noir names. He's well dressed. He's very well dressed. Sergeant Brick Shithouse. <laughs> <laughs> Tiffany Ferrari face. <laughs> She'd be your upper class, you know. Dirk Rancid. <laughs> uh, this, at least I think this would be a lawyer character. Mm. Abel Willingham. <laughs> <laughs> he's a good guy. He's a good guy. <laughs> he's very, he's very uh, 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 dependable. Countess Spanky Britches. <laughs> For your comedy relief. Yeah, femme fatale. Carrot Noodle Shime. <laughs> There's a story behind Carrot Noodle <laughs> Richard Richingwise the Third. Hmm. And finally, probably my favourite character, Baps O'Plenty. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to know the story behind Baps? <clears throat> yes. Oh, I do too in the old days. Oh, I thought you were going to tell us. No, I got no idea. What That's the, the end of the segment. That's the end <laughs> of the segment. <laughs> I, 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 I want to see the film that all of those characters are in. Me too. Someone needs to write it. Go out. Mm. Who, who's listening? Whoever's listening, go and write. <laughs> it needs to be made. Right. All right. Okay. <laughs> I obviously have to pay royalties to James for the character names. Yeah. Mm. Stories. That was a rhyming yours. couplet. Got to pay royalties, royalties to James, James for the, the character, character names. The windows in your home are there for all the world to see. Give your windows an attractive look with new draperies. We can make them frilly or with a tailored drape. New curtains and draperies in every size and shape. I wanted to tell a story uh, mm. about... I, I just realised, like, this topic, when we said mm. the topic... Um, I realise that I have led a not adventurous life. 
Mm. I've been a very dull person mm. all of my life. Mm. And I tell you, this is how dull I am. This was, as a, you know, kids get into adventures. This is the most adventurous thing that ever happened to me when I was a kid. I got a dog. Um, kidney's dog, classic mm. adventure material. But you got into some scrapes with that. <laughs> I sure did. Let me tell you. Mutt. Let me tell you about it. Um, first day, uh, 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 we we bought the dog and brought him home. Uh, beautiful dog, called him Flash. <laughs> Flash is a good name that for is a an kid's dog. Yeah. And we got into. Oh, if we you were ever going to have an adventure with a dog, it or would a be a scrape, dog <laughs> or a scrape, <laughs> Flash. Either way, it's great. It's a great kid's dog name. It's James and Flash, and we were going to be best buddies for life. Yeah. And uh, here's what happened. Uh, Flash, because he was new, because he was a new dog both to life and to our house. And to dogness. And to just dogness in general. Uh, he pissed on our floor. <laughs> That's fine. It was a kitchen as Lino. Yeah. Um, you know, he's a do- he doesn't know yet. Yeah. He was a dog. He was nervous. He pissed on the floor. And then we had a power blackout. So it was pitch black in the house. Uh, and I got worried about the dog because he was already a bit nervous and then he pissed on the floor and now the, all the lights have gone out and he's freaking out. So I grabbed the dog up in my arms. I was only a little kid at the time. And I and I slipped and I fell into the piss with the dog in my arms and I fell roughly onto the dog. Oh, and the, no. dog, the dog was fine, but the dog let out a yelp and then both of us... <laughs> <laughs> Both of us were just lying in piss, crying. The dog, because he's gone, I think I'm owned by an idiot. <laughs> and me, because I thought I'd killed my dog the first day I'd had it. And we're both covered in urine. And that was an adventure. That was our first <laughs> adventure together as boy and dog. And there were others, uh, that, but that, that was, was our first. literally a scrape. Yeah. That was the origin story. If you made our, our story as like. James and Flash, the adventures of James and Flash. That would be like the origin story. That would be your flashback, literally. <laughs> you would have, in an Eden Blyton story, you would have been the secret two. <laughs> <laughs> the urine two. <laughs> the number ones two. And, and just, to, um, <laughs> just to set a location, James, were you in Box Hill or Brisbane? I was in Brisbane. Hey, great place, great place to have a dog, oh, Brisbane. Great place for adventures, Brisbane. It's hilly. Yeah, Brisbane's and really dangerous hilly. and, and yeah. sort of uh, un, un, you know, explored. And, and kids know how to ride bikes and swim and, yeah. and they, they can make a, a, a hammock. And there's people fishing and like catching fish with their hands. Yeah, just in, in just, Brisbane. Yeah. Just in the mall. Yeah. Just in a fountain. Yeah. It's just, it Fortitude was, Valley. Yeah. <laughs> those crazy times. So it reminds me of my, my grandmother. Uh, my family comes from Brisbane and I would I would often go up and visit them mm. and um my grandmother would always would always warn me away from the the mall because that was where the drug dealers and the murders were <laughs> like, wow which mall Indrapilly? no the the Ann Street that is the least murdery That's, of all the malls yeah 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 yeah, I went to Indrapilly. That was our mall. That's yeah. where I bought my dog. Indrapilly, uh, mm. and it's a real name. It's a name of a suburb sure and is. the name of the mall in uh, in Queensland, in Brisbane. And uh, went my first day there because we moved from Melbourne when I was pretty young, but I could read. And we passed the sign, and it was a mall. So it's a big building with the words Indrapilly on it, and it's written in such a way that I thought Brisbaneers played a sport called Rupilly, 
and this was the <laughs> this was the indoor stadium. I went, oh, they play indoor Rupili here, and uh, apparently not. I bought those pads for nothing. <laughs> I always thought Indrapilly sounded like kind of from a fairy story or something. Like mm. it was the sort of place where you'd find you'd find fairies and goblins mm. and Indrapilly. But I can actually tell you, you found bogans and yeah. That's what I, I, thought. I I was sort of thinking uh, adventure and I, I mean obviously uh, being quite a sporty guy, I, my mind went to adventure sports. Absolutely, um, <laughs> that's where I went as well. Um, uh, and and I'm I'm trying to think like there's, there's some pretty uh, pretty wild stuff I used to get up to. We my, me and my friend um, he lived near the beach, and mm. what we used to do was we'd get on our bikes. There was there was kind of a hill that sort of went down, and then there was sort of a drop of about um, or about a meter and a half onto the sand. And what we'd do is ride around the park to get up speed, and then you race down this hill, and then you'd go flying off the end, um, and then you'd crash into the sand yeah it's a very fine line between going on an adventure and being an idiot isn't it? i mean it's a very fine line <laughs> yeah. but a lot of very the time fine. that's what going on an adventure is about is about yeah. embarking on something where possibly you shouldn't yeah but possibly there'll be some exciting things on the way mm. beautiful women or hobbits yeah, yeah. beautiful hobbits yeah. Beautiful. i was an only child mm. um obviously so i used to um <laughs> I, I mean, we, I used to play kind of adventure stuff in the back backyard, as I think we all did. You know, you watch shows and then you want to be those characters. So I, m- m- me personally, I would, um, you know, I would be Batman or I would be a Jedi. Mm. No, I, I can't. I've lost. I'm sure I rem- I remember distinctly sitting on my lawn and seriously trying to move something with my mind, <laughs> like because I saw mm. Star Wars and it was just I just I, I it was a belief. It was as close to a religion as I ever had. <laughs> And um, and I remember one day um, I'd made most this. This to me is a lesson about. This is when I learnt what a sycophant was, because mm. because I, I didn't have any brothers or sisters, but but there were neighbourhood kids, and we'd all play in each other's yards. And I'd made myself a utility belt. <laughs> oh yeah, and I made it out of a belt that was one of my dad's that went around me about three times. Mm. Uh, and then I just sort of attached random things to it, and then made them. Something so like I had a bit of a, a bit of a an old foam from a bike helmet, <laughs> and that I just went oh that's a that's that's explosives, and I attached that to my utility belt, and then I I had tear gas and and tear gas was, <laughs> hey come on, tear gas was. It was just a photo Dangerous. of himself wearing, his, <laughs> wearing his, his utility belt that always made him cry. <laughs> it was so sad no. that whoever saw it cried. Tear gas was toilet paper roll and a little dot drawn on it with black pen and then the words tear gas written underneath it. Good and that was, that was tear gas. And I had all these, these accoutrements on my utility belt and then I'd run around and fight crime uh, in the backyard, which mainly involved... Uh, punching the odd plant. Was there a lot of crime in your backyard? Uh, Murders, <laughs> drug deals. There are a lot of. There are a lot Bri- of. It was Brisbane, wasn't it? No, this is Melbourne. Oh, there are okay. a lot of bad guys, uh, uh, but they were not. They were sort of bad guys like the Adam West Batman uh, bad guys. So like so the bookworm. Yeah, bad guys who weren't really. They weren't up to particularly no good, but they were in a costume, so you probably punch them in the face. Yeah. That was okay. And uh, and so we were, one day I was one of the one of the one of the neighbourhood people and I were battling crime in the backyard. 
and I took out my tear gas uh, and I sprayed it at an, uh, an imaginary villain, which was, in fact, a, a shrub. <laughs> and I said, take that, oh, Lord Shrub, or whatever. And, um, and, and this, this person, this guy, this little kid that I was playing with, he turned to me and he said, Jane, and he was serious as a heart attack, this kid. He, I remember this still. This was over 30 years ago. And he said to me, James, I, I know that that's only cardboard and that that's not real tear gas. But I swear to you, when you sprayed that tear gas at that shrub, it, it looks like now it's crying a bit. <laughs> <laughs> and it took that that was so weird mm. that it took me right out of the moment and I just went the, 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 the fuck is wrong with what you? The fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> I, I didn't have those that phrase yeah. at the time, but that is what I, I just went, dude, too much. Yeah. That is too much. That is too weird. And that's literally where I went that I think I think that's I don't know what the word sycophant is, but that's that's one. Yeah. Like it was <laughs> It was creepy. It yeah. was weird. And then, you know, and then I went off and I was He-Man in some bushes. Yeah. Uh, I had a similar similar kind of experience, but mine was uh, a little bit lamer. Um, <laughs> Is that possible? Because <laughs> yeah. uh, I think sometimes, because uh, you know, James and I are both uh, kind of only children James definitely is. My brother came along twelve years after me, so pretty much spent all my time uh, being being by myself. And one of the things I used to do was go on, on adventures um, in the bamboo, which we had in our backyard. <laughs> I would go in there and, and pretend I was in a forest, like it a was, panda. It was. <laughs> <laughs> it oh, was imagine that, Chris the Adventure. Panda. It was literally. <laughs> What's that rustling? It's the panda of adventure. <laughs> oh no, he's Russell a bit sleepy. Um, <laughs> he won't fuck another panda. <laughs> You're fine. Um, but uh, this is sleepy adventures. Go <laughs> <laughs> oh, the uh, the bamboo. Literally, the bamboo forest that I entered to to have my adventures was behind the pond, the fish pond in my in my garden, and. Um, and it was, I reckon, almost a meter long. Yeah. <laughs> and you get, I was, once I entered into that space, I was I was in the forest, mm-hmm. but uh, I couldn't I couldn't trek very far without ending up back in the garden. How great was bamboo though when you were a kid? Uh, like I I because um, we had it at um at least one of the houses I lived in it's when very I was very exotic. Oh, it was so good because it was you could I was obsessed when I was a child with um. With Robin Hood and um, and things like that, yeah, and uh, to the point, and I I I just I wanted to make weapons, yeah, and I <laughs> I made I made bows and arrows. I'd constantly be making bow and arrows, um, um, and <laughs> like I would make these huge sort of long bows with yeah. um with with you know tree branches and things like that, and I would make arrows out of bamboo because we had bamboo and then i would be constantly trying to refine them and get them straighter and um and 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 then and they and then i would want them to stick into targets so i got these meat um these metal meat skewers and i had them on the front of it and it was insane 
but that's what I did. And then, ah, oh, this was the this was a great thing. Yeah, I um, I had this um very odd toy, like I was given this gun, um, <laughs> that that had a um, it had a sort of plane that it was like the gun was literally just a launcher for for this sort of plane yeah. that would do sort of stunts, um, and. So what I found was that the track that you sort of slotted the plane into and pulled it back was about the size to hold a one of those bamboo um, skewers. <laughs> right. And so what I did with that is I went. I went, I went a, for a I while. held up a grocery store. <laughs> I went yeah. for a while, just firing you know sharpened bamboo skewers yeah. around the oh, around the place. Sure. And, and then I went. Yeah. Well, these aren't it, really sort meat. of these <laughs> these aren't really sort of sticking into walls or or, or doors. Or people, yeah. Like I kind of want them to, yeah. Um, so Small what I did pit. was actually take the get a Stanley knife and take the tip off off the uh, the sharpened tip off the bamboo skewer, so yeah. I had a flat end to it, and then I would split the um, the bamboo skewer just a little bit down the end, and then I would get sewing needles. Put them in the end oh my god! <laughs> tie them up with thread, yeah. And then load that into my gun, and I'd have these. It was like this little miniature crossbow. Yeah, awesome. Like the nerdiest native kid ever. And then you should have applied some poison to the tip <laughs> of those needles, <laughs> and just. I reckon if I'd, I reckon if I'd have been a child for another two years, that would have been <laughs> <laughs> that would have been what would have happened. We would have seen you on the news. <laughs> yeah. The, um, <laughs> you're like that guy in the Avengers that you watch uh, until a proper hero comes on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who's that guy firing the bows and arrows? I don't really care. Where's Iron Man? Where's yeah. the Hulk? It was very much the halftime hero. <laughs> He's rubbish, that guy. <laughs> when I was a kid, I was obsessed with the A-Team. Oh, I fucking loved that show. Mm. It was great because I had three mates at school and we would be the A-Team. Now, we were in about grade three. Yeah. And uh, we knew this guy, and he was part Samoan. Uh, he was Mr. T. Yeah. Uh, and he loved that. He's a big guy, and he liked liked being a big guy. He's a really nice guy. Did he pity the fool? Yeah. Uh, look, there I'm was sure pity. Mm. Um, pitying of fools. And I was Hannibal, who was the leader, because mm. I was bossy. Obviously. <laughs> and, there was, and there was a guy who was genuinely crazy. Uh, like, you know, this is back in the time before you could call a child something other than insane. Like yeah. there's a, you know, what's the word? AD, ADHD. ADHD. He had yeah. that. No doubt he had that, but this is pre that, but he had that. So he was Murdoch, the crazy <laughs> chopper pilot. And, uh, and then my friend Ben was uh face because, uh, he didn't he do anything. There wasn't anyone left. <laughs> <laughs> had a face. Uh, he had the, he got the job and we run around a lot of lunch times, guns made out of sticks. Uh, and we'd be the A team, and that went really well. But the, the downfall came one one lunchtime when we're in grade three, and we ran into four grade fives who were playing the A team, <laughs> and it was like a, a Mexican standoff. There we we ran into them, and there was four of them, and there was four of us, and we looked at them, and they looked at us, and we said, "Well, what's going on here then?" And they said, "We're the A team." And we said, no, you're not, because we're the A-team. And they said, well, not only are we the A-team, but we're much, much bigger. (laughs) And uh, you're a threat to national security, and we're going to beat the shit out of you. And it was great, because as the younger, weaker A-team, we spent the entire lunchtime running for our lives, (laughs) which is what the A-team did. Ah, it was a win. 
and we just re reframed them as we ran. As the, we were, they were the bad guys, and we were on the run, just yeah. like the real A team, awesome. until they caught us and hurt us. Yeah, but yeah. until then, it was all right. <laughs> it's not an adventure unless someone's at risk of dying. Yeah, surely. I was thinking about adventures, uh, and I was thinking about adventure games, mm. which uh, well, there are not so many uh, sort of text based. Uh, graphic-based adventure games around anymore because, I mean, even the modern kind of PlayStation, Xbox games tend to give you three options for everything that you want to do. Mm. But the original ones where you used to just type in exactly... There was a finite number of things that you could do in that situation. and It was sort of a guessing game of what you would want to possibly do in that situation but actually nail the exact phrase that exactly. you had to get. And often get those games, you were only allowed two words. Yeah, yeah. get, get candle kn- yeah, and get you get knife. Mm. Am I allowed to... Am Kick I not dwarf. getting the candle because I can't get the candle or because I have to call it a candelabra? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's... there's Very it limited risky. vocabulary. Uh, did, did the adventure game say to you, I don't understand the word and then reprint mm. the word? Yes. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then there was that amazing moment where um, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy came out where Douglas Adams had clearly sat down and gone, you know what, these error messages are really boring. Let's let's spice them up a little bit and give them a little bit of attitude. And, and even just the things you could do, he just put in ridiculous options so you could uh, stroke the towel and mm. instead of it saying, I, I don't understand how to do that, it would say something like, you feel warm and comforted or something and you go, yeah, I'm, I'm a part of this now, you know. Have you played the, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? No, I've not. I, I've actually, I heard about, I, I have a feeling that there was, a, you can you can still find it online. You still can, it's still online. It's, uh, uh, Google through, or Bing. This is my Stop uh, <laughs> website, Chris's website, you should go, I believe it's still there. Um, well, you need an emulator for that. Have you got a good recommendation for an emulator, Chris? Uh, no, you don't. You no? don't need an emulator. It's actually all emulated online, I oh, believe. Oh, man. Last time I checked. So, um, if you for a website, <laughs> which uh, we'll go with a, uh, a theme tune. <laughs> oh, Chris's, Chris's website. Okay. The website, or more the search term. Chris's search term. Is Douglas Adams' Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy adventure game. Douglas Adams! Um, and I totally recommend playing it because it is amazing. And if you need any tips, just... Uh, email Chris. Just email me. <laughs> I'll give you some some advice. But I believe you can play it online. You don't need an emulator. It's all been, it's all been put into uh, uh, the online space because it was just a text adventure. There was yeah. absolutely no pictures. Mm-hmm. And then came along kind of the... Um, the Monkey Island style adventures. And I used to love these games. I loved them passionately. I loved them. And, um, you. Yeah, well, I thought you were going to do a song for that then. Um, <laughs> and, uh, Wank it on a computer game. Hey, come on. Come along now. Um, that Ask I- to leave an adventure playground. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I love these games so much that I actually wrote my own adventure game. And Snap. you can, Dude. if you get the emulator, you can still play the adventure game that I wrote. Really? Now, cool. Yes, because... That is breaking news. So, this is what happened. I was uh, in primary school and I was writing a, uh, a game called Scramble. Okay, and it was for the I want to play this right now. And Scramble was just a word game. It wasn't anything exciting. 
and this guy <laughs> just walked up to me. No, um, there was there was a guy <laughs> in an adventure playground. It was a stranger danger. It's true. Um, Remember when strangers were the worst things in the world? <laughs> it was at a time where um, computers were sort of starting to co- to come into schools, and they needed they needed software to uh, engage kids. And I'd written this software that was like. Um, uh, that was a word game, and it was very, very simple. But uh, there was a there was a guy at my school who was connected to a software company who said, "Let's release this this as a school kind of application thing for the primary school kids." Mm. So I wrote that software, and and it got released. And then the guy said, "What's next?" Like I was some kind of developer that was I'm 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 like eleven, right? <laughs> I'm not I'm not developing. Uh, you were developing. Eleven. <laughs> you were developing. That's true. So I said, "What's next?" And I'd written a, a film for my uh, cousins to uh, perform in because I didn't know any <laughs> actors, um, and I because I was, I was I was a bit of a fan of comics, um, and uh, and I thought, why why and and also movies, and I thought, why are superheroes always American? They're never any other nationality. They're right. basically always American. And uh, so I wrote um, a film called The First Australian Hero. And The First Australian Hero was about a kid who uh, accidentally becomes a superhero and fights crime. Like Shazam. Yes, like Shazam. I I was thinking of the app then. Um, (laughs) And 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 (laughs) he can name any tune in the world. Yeah. The premise behind uh, the first Australian hero is our hero Billy Shazam, Peter Peter Parker. No, ah. um, our hero in, meets a strange woman in an adventure playground. Um, <laughs> no, literally in an adventure what? playground. What? No, literally in an adventure playground. What are the odds? Um, and she hands him the a balls? package, and in that package is a is a is a is a suit, a superhero suit. Oh, like greatest American hero. Yeah, very similar to the greatest American hero. Hands over the suit and he puts it on and suddenly he has superpowers. But at the same time, uh, he hacks into um, a major prison um, computer network and releases all the prisoners and he has to try and catch them all. Okay, remember I'm 11, okay? (laughs) Just remember I'm 11. You've essentially just uh, preempted Arkham Asylum. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I I wrote this, this film and then we shot it. Uh, it's very embarrassing and no one will ever see it. But this guy was, was pushing me to, to make another game and I loved adventure games, so I made the first Australian hero. And I took the, the script, so I literally adapted a, a film script, uh, a amateur film script, um, into a, an adventure game. And I made that game. The guy released it. It went into every Kmart in Australia and you could buy it for your Commodore 64. Um, and I discovered Shit. recently that someone has taken every game that was ever made and copied the emulator files and put them on the emulator. So I actually played this game uh, that I made <laughs> when I was 12 years old. Oh, my God. I played it recently and it is so weird. There are two things that are weird about it. A, it is weird that the guy ever released it because it is so childlike. Like the everything about it is this kind of attitude i'm a teenager um uh every response very douglas adamsy is kind of this 
uh, well, that was a stupid thing to do or something like that. Like it doesn't, it, it had no error messages. It was all just attitude. What's weird about it is actually playing it, I had no sense. I had a complete disconnect from uh, from the game. And so it almost it almost felt like I had literally written a message for myself for the future <laughs> and transmitted it through time. You should so, write a game about it. <laughs> I should. So... Um, so that that was my adventure game, and it was released, and it sold copies, and I received royalties, and it was weird. Um, and you can find it if you go on the internet and search for the first first Australian hero. Um, I was very inspired by the, the greatest American hero. You can actually find the game, and you can actually play it. And I oh, knocked it over in um, about forty five minutes when you played it. Yeah, when I played it, yeah. you didn't um, watch it in forty five minutes. No, 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 no. So I'm kind of genius. God damn, I did that. And and you know, the next adventure game that I started working on because the guy said, yeah. "What's your next game?" was an adventure game based on the Australian television show Neighbours. <laughs> I began writing this and I literally wrote a letter and I still have the document. And if I can if I can find it somewhere, I'll take a photo and put it up on the yeah. um, Theatre of the World website. Awesome. I still have the letter from Grundy's, the original producers of Neighbours. I have a letter from them because I wrote them a letter saying, I'd like to make this game for you. Is that cool? Um, and they wrote back and said, yeah, sure. If, if you want, uh, put the game together and then we'll talk about it. Which, unfortunately, at this point, I graduated from primary school and went to high school, which is a lot of work. And I never got around to finishing the game. Mm. But I did plan it out in a, in a great amount of detail before actually getting into programming it. You played Scott. Scott Robinson. Mm. Was that um, Jason Donovan? Who was Jason Donovan. And uh, he was a journalist. He was, I think he was, he was either a journalist or a junior or you're studying journalism or something. That was actually a character element of the show. Um, and that you played that character and you had to investigate kind of these reports of various news events happening around Erinsborough. Um, and if once you collected all the clues, you could figure out who had um, shat on the lawn or whatever it was. was it Paul I Robinson? Can't yeah, yeah, it was always Paul Robinson. Um, actually, Mrs. Mangle uh, fe- featured quite dramatically because obviously it's all about gossip. But um, yeah, and I never got to finish that game. And then I came back to it recently thinking about this whole this whole thing. And I thought I should just finish the fucking game yeah. and then uh, make it a com- an old school text adventure game and just release it. But... Um, You'll be sued. It's pretty much all done. It's all done. Cool. <laughs> have to follow that shit up, you know. Oh, the theater of the world exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you wrote uh, uh, and had and pu- and had a game published when you were eleven. That's amazing. I know. It's freak. It's so weird because I I, I was too I was too young to be able to afford to buy my own game. So my mum bought it and she still has it stored somewhere. Um, so she has the packaging, but who knows where that is. <laughs> Um, Until you're good enough, <laughs> yeah, 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 and then yeah. she'll give it to you. Yeah, that's right. And then you'll I'll be, be allowed, allowed to, play. to play it. <laughs> and yeah. that man who uh, asked Chris for those games, Steve Jobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting for the app. I'll play it when it's an app. I should convert it to an it's iOS cool. port. That's yeah. uh, that is that's a, that's exclusive news. Yeah. I've Holy. known you a thousand years. I've never known that story. I knew about the neighbors one. I don't know how I knew about. Yeah, the yeah. One. I'm sure I told you about it. 
I think that would have been some, some kind of programming nerd talk that yeah. I would have just fallen asleep during. But mm. that's 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 an achievement, man. Mm. Yeah. Good work. Well yeah. done, Chris. That's my adventure story. <laughs> it's good. Well, well done. That was our new segment, Well Done, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Your complete drugstore is always there to serve you. With accurate prescriptions, gifts of all descriptions. So stop in today at your complete drugstore. Uh, in the spirit of adventure, uh, this story is an adventure story and contains a character that Theatre of the World listeners may already be familiar with. This is the second instalment of um, this wonderful character's adventures. Um, Mark, whatever music was under the first one. Mm-hmm. Same one? Yeah. Cool. That'd start now. Easy. <clears throat> the Adventures of Tub Tub, the Morbidly Obese Pony. <laughs> Episode 2... Tub Tub tries a trick. Lady Marjorie Sprinkles Pony Club was the most exclusive pony club in the world, and the ponies that dwelled there were thought to be the chosen ponies of God. Because of the fabulous prestige and amazing opportunities afforded to these magnificent creatures, the pony club had some problems with other undeserving animals trying to sneak onto the grounds. The problem had gotten so bad that two enormous security guards were posted outside the jewel-encrusted gates to keep lesser riffraff creatures away. In fact, just that morning, the burly security men had turned away a large dog pretending to be a pony by putting a saddle on itself, a zebra who had painted himself brown, and 67 chipmunks in a pony costume. But there was one pony inside Lady Marjorie Sprinkle's majestic grounds that didn't belong there. His presence was as unexplained as Stonehenge and as offensive as farting on a nun. (laughs) His name was Tub Tub, and although he was a pony, he more closely resembled a large number of brown pudding-filled beanbags (laughs) held together with oven grease and chicken fat. He was plonked miserably outside the barn and his enormous girth did not allow him to move in any real way. So he was both a shut-in and a (laughs) shut-out. Tub-Tub's only friend was Wormy the Worm. Wormy's last name was testament to his parents' complete lack of imagination when it came to naming their son, especially as he had 678 brothers and 973 sisters and they were all called Wormy the Worm. This made it very hard to get a driver's license or register to vote, and it was impossible to get mail. This was fine because Wormy the Worm was a worm, and worms <laughs> can't drive cars or vote, and nobody had ever tried to mail him anything, because the only thing worms are interested in is dirt. And you can't mail dirt. Especially if you're a worm, because worms have no hands and no pockets to keep stamps in. You get the idea. <laughs> Tub Tub loved Wormy, because he was the only creature Tub Tub had ever met that hadn't used the words fatty, chubby, or fatty, chubby flesh zeppelin when addressing him. Wormy loved Tub Tub because Wormy was into bodybuilding, and standing next to a pony that looked like a gigantic dollop of shapeless goo made him look even more ripped and cut than usual. Wormy was the only worm in the country that had a six-pack chest, and whilst most, most worms were soft and bendy, Wormy was taut and flexed. In fact, Wormy had met Tub Tub when Tub Tub accidentally mistook him for a toothpick 
and nearly used him to remove chunks of horrible, half-chewed food from his teeth after inhaling an entire trough of nachos. Wormy had screamed in terror at just the right time, and the two had been firm friends ever since. Well, Wormy was firm. Tub-Tub was more of a gelatinous mess. <laughs> One day, after Lady Marjorie Sprinkle had ordered her stable hands to paint Tub-Tub grey so that she could tell people he was three dead elephants <laughs> that, had, <laughs> that had fallen out of a plane and onto her property... <laughs> Tub-Tub was feeling more depressed than usual. I need to lose weight, Wormy, he wheezed. But I can't exercise because I can't really move. And I can't stop eating because I don't really want to. (laughs) Have you thought about bulimia? asked Wormy. (laughs) What's that? said Tub-Tub. Oh, it's great. I use it all the time when I started dieting. You can eat all the food you want, and then you stick your fingers down your throat and induce vomiting. The food is never digested, so you never gain weight. Wow, said Tum-Tum. That does sound good. He was so excited by the idea that he decided to try it straight away. He enthusiastically attempted to push his finger down his throat to induce vomiting, but in his eagerness, he had forgotten that ponies don't have fingers and instead (laughs) violently smashed his fat hoof into his teeth knocking two of them out and loosening a great many more. That's no good, said Wormy, as Tub-Tub sobbed and bled. You need something long and thin to stick in there. Something stick-like. <laughs> Before Wormy the Worm could realise the full ramifications of his words, Tub-Tub had scooped him up and wedged him deep into his throat. As Wormy's tiny head tickled Tub-Tub's uvula, an avalanche of half-masticated, <laughs> half-digested food cascaded over Wormy's tiny body like a lava flow of sick from a rancid volcano. <laughs> if Wormy had remained alive, even for a few seconds, he would have suffered the most horrible, violent, senseless and demeaning death of any living creature ever on the face of the earth ever. Luckily, he drowned instantly, which was still awfully unpleasant, but not the tumultuous event it might have been. After Tub-Tub had realised what he had done, he tenderly fished Wormy out of the sickeningly foul gloop and laid him on a nice fresh patch of grass. Then he quietly and solemnly said a prayer for his fallen friend. Then he ate him. (laughs) The end. Oh, Tub-Tub. Oh, Tub-Tub. Will you never learn? (laughs) (laughs) Tub-Tub will return. Probably. I quite like Tub-Tub. I like Tub-Tub too. I've written a poem and it's called Let Us Go Adventuring. Oh, that's a nice poem. It is a nice poem. I'm excited about that poem. When you say lettuce, you say lettuce or lettuce? No, let us. Let us. Good. Just checking. Chris is never comfortable unless he's in bamboo. Let Us Go Adventuring. We'll run and hide and skip and swim. We'll frolic till the light grows dim when we go adventuring. Let us go adventuring. We'll pack our bags with yummy things, with cakes and sweets and fizzy drinks to have whilst we're adventuring. Let Let us go adventuring. 
James and Chris and Mark and Tim. <laughs> Hang on, who's this new friend, Tim? <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to come adventuring? <laughs> There's a bit of a twist here and there. Tim takes us adventuring down an alley beside some bins. He's got open swords and broken skin. <laughs> Bleeding, weeping, festering. <laughs> There'll be no more adventuring. He's tied our feet with ropes that itch and sting. He beats us with a rolling pin. Why did we ever let Tim in the gang? Oh, my lord. <laughs> the, the end of adventures. <laughs> He's the worst Mr. T ever. Uh, oh, my God. That was like um, that was like a poem by A.A. A. Milne. <laughs> if A.A. A. stood for Alcoholics Anonymous. <laughs> oh, my God. So, uh, Manbite's God uh, searched our uh, immense back catalogue for a song that would encapsulate the spirit, the feeling of adventure that we mm. have communicated to you. Mm. This podcast, whether it be the adventure of writing your own computer game or taking a festering hobo into an alley. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, we decided that um, this song, with its spirit, with its call to arms, with its catchy hooks... It w- Captures the generation's feeling about adventure and love and death and sex and sex with death during Whoa. adventure. Yikes. So here is that song. This song. This song. This song. This song. This song. Isn't very long. As we run into the distance <laughs> with the Ark of the Covenant. It's <laughs> the biggest outro ever. Yeah. As we swing from the tenderly vine through a garden of alligator piss. As we wade through a murky marsh into a bamboo forest. As we leap from a cliff into a f- raging torrent of fireballs. As we... <laughs> as we fuck a panda in the mouth just to watch it die. <laughs> We say goodbye to this episode, this adventurous episode of Theatre of the World. I'm James. Mark. Chris. And above all... uh, I don't know. (laughs) Find episodes and more at theatreoftheworld.com Do you know what song I'm talking about? (laughs) Yeah. Oh. Yes. Mm. Do you remember who goes second? Let's work that out. I think I'm third. Aren't I? Okay, so one, okay. two, three, yep. four, and we're done. Mm, okay. I don't think I do start. I don't feel like I start because no, no. Uh, I think I think you and I do too. This song, this song, this song, this song, this song. Because I definitely did that one. Oh uh, yeah. Who starts? This song. It's not me. Maybe it's Chris. Maybe it's Chris. I feel this like song, me, but I can. Song, song, I can start it. I think it's you. Okay. One, two, three. We'll go this way. Let's try. Okay. Mm, go. This is Man Bites God. <laughs>